I'm Carrie Benedet, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Listeners, This is another episode of Thriving Matters that is just going to grab you. You'll want to talk and meet Phoebe Blamey. I tell you now, when after a a global pandemic, with after all that's happened across the world in different countries, our finances need to really get a boost. And the way we do that is all in the magic that Phoebe's going to tell you about. Now, Phoebe, how good to see you this morning. How are you? Thank you so much, Carrie. It's so good to be on your show. I'm so absolutely <laughs> proud to be part of such esteemed guests. It's amazing. Debbie, we, our guests on Thriving Matters podcast, are ordinary guys and gals who do extraordinary things in life and work. And I get the goose, look, I've got goosebumps happening already. Listen, you can't <laughs> see it, but I've already got the reaction on my arm because I know that every time I speak to one of the guests on, on um, our episodes, I learn so much and that's what it's all about. There is so much that we can shout out for each other. I think we're in a a time of the world where we need to actually be more generous and respectful of each other. We're so many talents and um, I just love it. So today we want you to tell us, I know it's recording fairly early in the morning, but but tell me, what is it that puts a smile on your face in the morning? Get you out of bed. Um, thing that gets me out of bed I think probably I've got a few things but I actually really like going to the gym first thing and getting it over and done with um it puts a smile on my face because the women that go there with me we just sit and natter for a good half hour about yeah. what we're doing and all that sort of stuff and how life's going and it's, it's just such a nice group and such a nice combo so that gets me out of bed in the morning and the other thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is of course my darling granddaughter who's five and sensational and I look after her lovely lovely well look that's I mean there there you go there's there's a whole lot of community there a whole lot of connection and a whole lot of love already for the day isn't it great yeah I've I've actually got one of my my um siblings staying with me overnight that's just lovely so to uh be able just to sit down and go oh we have a laugh and we talk about serious stuff and then we go into the, the nonsicle, but it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I just love it. So I did something similar to you this morning, jumped on the bike and then dipped in the pool. So it's 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 early, but it may, it starts your day and then I go, Yeah, I get to talk to Phoebe Blamey today. How good is that? Oh, you're so you're so lovely. Um, but it is, it, I think really that that little bit of exercise that starts your day and de-stresses you and and for me it's also the the connection but it's just moving your body makes you feel so much better now Phoebe I know your area of expertise is really in making good money decisions and you know for a lot of people listening to this entrepreneurs 
educators, mums and dads, anyone who's interested in looking at maybe setting up their own business or has had a dream of that. There's been a whole lot of movement out of our usual employment over the last three years. And there's more and more people wanting to develop their own ideas, their, their own way of working and their own employment style. So that's been one of the things. And all the research is saying to us, you know, we really have to work on valuing people. But I, I actually go a little bit further and I say we actually have to value ourselves first. So the self-awareness part of, of being able to thrive in life and work for me, is pretty great. And that's what we usually talk about today. So why don't you give us a bit of a, a snapshot of why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you here? How'd you get here? Well, why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and how I got here was partly my own circumstance, which was, um, so I've written a book called The Happy Money Journey that's um, that's done really well. And we've got workbooks and, and we've also got courses and small group training that goes with that. Um, happy Money Journey is aimed at anyone um, who feels like money is confusing and overwhelming and it, it really breaks things down and makes it as simple as possible. Mm. And they were the things that took me maybe three or four years to get my head around. I've, I've now condensed into a book to make it simple for everyone else because what I really think is that when you're financially stable, you get to make a whole lot of choices in life. When you're not financially stable, you're coming from a position of um, of anxiety and stress and probably quite a lot of shame. But when you get on top of your finances and you know how your money's coming in and you're spending it and that, you know, it's not finite, it, it actually keeps flowing towards you and yeah. keep working and all of that sort of stuff, I think um, you let go a lot of that shame and you if you are organised with it, it's sort of like having... It's sort of like folding up your clothes after you've washed them. You fold them up, you put them away, you know where they are. Yeah. Leave them all over the floor, it's really hard to find stuff. <laughs> so it's the same with your money. If you if you condense it and make it just easy to organise and neat, then you can start making other decisions around what you're doing with it and, and how you're investing yeah. it and all that sort of stuff. But you have to come from that position of stability and mm. confidence. I think, in making your own decisions. And I think the confidence is where a lot of people are missing it. And I yeah. think um, just from the way that we make different decisions, as women, we tend to believe that we're no good with money and that we mm. um, don't understand it and we don't, um, we don't know what to do with it. And with men, I think that we take risks because we're meant to know what to do with it and we've got to be the provider and the breadwinner and we've got to be brave and strong and fearless and I've seen a lot of men make um, decisions that um, were very high risk with with very little backing and and that causes great financial stress on the family and I've seen women make no decision and that yeah. also causes great financial yeah. stress on on themselves and their families so that was why I wrote the book was to just get it get it's it's not hard it's money is everywhere it is the basis of how we do everything pretty much yeah, it's our currency isn't it yeah it's our currency and if we yeah. don't get it right yeah. then we suffer for it yeah um it was interesting you had a post on LinkedIn yesterday that um uh, I thought was so well done so I you you'll see a comment there from me but what it was for me was such a holistic view about 
you know, this is this in in your day and in the way that you you're living, there are um, there are compartments that we all for our own well being. So you're really talking about financial well being. That's part of your all your well being. And look, there's been so much that's happened to people in the last few years. The major changes around employment, family, their status, um, their their sense of um, um, acknowledgement and and reward um, and where they fit in in the world. And I think people are searching more and more for different ways now to interact with each other and different ways to live what they're, what they're looking for. So for me, I think people are really seeking more for a mindful and spiritual way of living. They're actually discerning what they're going to let go of, what they don't need. And I think COVID was a great, great learner for me. I don't know about you, but I learned that I could do with so much less than I really needed. And what was I valuing? So um, for me, I think this, your book, you know, The Happy Money Journey um, is probably something we all should get everybody to get grab, grab hold of and have a look because it affects all of us. Even our young, our young kids who are starting to, you know, their entrepreneurial learning and they're starting little businesses or they're getting jobs or saving their money. Uh, and not just being instantaneously buying um, buying things all the time. I hope that's not too much of a judgment, but I I think that suits suits where we're at at the moment. Look, I don't think it is at all. I think in the first um, few months of COVID, I think we all went into a, a little bit of shock. And I'm from Melbourne. Melbourne was the most locked down city in the world. So I was fairly much locked in my house for yeah. two and a half years. It was yeah. quite bizarre. Um, a lot of people down here, um, in particular, but I, I noticed a similar trend with my clients in, because I've got a mortgage broking business as well, with clients in New South Wales, um, started buying holiday homes and started changing the way that they lived. So had been maybe living in, in Melbourne, decided to move to, uh, there, was a, there was a great influx to Byron Bay let's face it, <laughs> property <laughs> prices went wild up there. But yes. also um, also down here along the along the coast, coast and along the peninsula mm. um, where we've got seaside and, and country kind of meet in a, in a quite similar way. Um, South Coast and Central Coast New South Wales. Oh, huge. Huge amount of people moving down to there. The point, to the point where it's pushed out young couples to buy. Mm. And and anyone, yeah. So there, there was a whole change in that. But pe you're right. People were making decisions on, okay, we don't know how long this is going to last, and we're able to move back and forward. Yeah, houseboats. Yeah. Houseboats did a great trade. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Houseboats. Yeah. People just decided that they wanted to do things with their families. Yeah. Keep connections and start living. So I think. I think one of the the lessons that COVID taught us, and and that's why people went and bought all these houses, and and houseboats and caravans and started trips around Australia and did, doing all these things, is because suddenly, when you're faced with something like that, you have to really assess what is it that I actually value. And so many of us had been working to build up our super, and working for a stage of of life when we retire, yeah. and now we're like, no, hang on a minute. It's now. We've got to live like now and mm. do things now, and that's that's the other um, part of getting in touch with your money is is you've got to be living now. It's not all about just building up some nest egg for savings for the future. Yeah. You've got to enjoy yeah. your life. Yeah, yeah. Before you, we're too old or too sick or too 
broken or we walked out and got hit by a car or whatever. It's well, now. Well, I mean, I'm no spring chicken um, and really um, we're, I'm in an in a age group now where, um, you know, things are starting to creak. Yeah, things are starting mm. to creak. And last year, 10 weeks with my foot in a moon boot because I doubled, fractured my right foot. It was my driving foot. Even worse. Right. <laughs> you know? So you can drive an automatic car with your right foot. Anyway, mm. <laughs> anyway but it was an interesting time because I actually got to think, right, what are you going to subtract? What are you going to let go of? How are we going to do this? Um, and there's lots of other things that happen in your life. We, there's decisions to make, and, and you're quite right. Um, but I would ever, was ever so grateful to have quite a, enough space here for a few of us to be here and not be bumping into each other. I'm so grateful for that. And mm. we made different places to go. So I think I think everyone's been really discerning where they can, yeah. how how to do, how to live probably more simply still enjoy life and make sure that you um if you if you're not doing that well that you actually know that you're not alone i think that's what your book does and what i'm hearing from you is your passion to help help others help themselves and financial literacy is is a big thing and we often talk about that in schools you know where how what do we what do we actually teach what are the kids learning about this how apt are they to be able to actually manage on a minimum wage or or do they mm. manage or how can they do this? So there's more and more things. Super, super interesting, super important. So listeners, if you've um, got a chance, the happy money journey is is probably something that we all need to have a look at. So <laughs> Yeah, well, you can, most bookshops, certainly Dimmicks are stocking it, um, most bookshops are stocking okay, it. Okay, great reasonably easy to get hold of we've got it on amazon we've got it as an ebook and we've got it as an audio book which was oh, even better one of the most fantastic things i had to actually rewrite the book after i <laughs> after i recorded the audio book but um great learning great but learning. it was it was really good it was a really good experience and look you you've you've got some thriving techniques i know you've already talked about what you you know what what you do for the for the gym and the connection with your with the other community members there and your and your granddaughter is there something that you really don't miss doing that is a is a technique or a strategy you use um, during, say, your day or your week or that helps you move from one job to the next? When you get a surprise, how to actually deal with that and then rejig? Because for all of us who are working um, for ourselves or in small business, entrepreneur work or um, you know, even leading small teams, even leading our families. We, mm. I always like to hear, I'm curious about what you do. So tell me some of the things, have you got anything up your sleeve that is an absolute gem? Such a good question at the moment because I've got, um, I've got a small team and we're in an office together yeah. and I bring my dog in um, oh. if I can. It's my business and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> What's the dog's name? Um, this one is Sky. I bring oh, in. I've got two you... dogs, but I, I bring in Sky because Honey's a bit too old. Okay. And, Sky. Um, so when so I get I get interrupted quite a lot during my yeah. day. I I start a task and then someone asks me a question and I I lose track and then I have to get on track. And I think and and I wouldn't discourage my team from having that open communication because we're in an open plan office and I want yeah. them to be able to ask me questions whenever they want. But it can be quite um quite distracting sometimes. So. Um, 
couple of things that I do. One, I, I answer their questions straight away. I don't, okay. I don't say I'll talk about this later because they need to know right then. Um, when I finish a task, I'll take the dog for, out for a walk. Yeah. Even if it's only around the block, just to, to clear my head from that task and start the new one. Um, and the other thing we all do in our office now is so that we won't be interrupted when we're doing something that we want to concentrate on, we put headphones on. Uh -huh. So we might not even have music going through the headphones, but the headphones are basically a signal to everyone, polite signal to everyone, don't interrupt me. I'm it's, doing something and I need what a great clarity. Yeah, that's, and so, it's respectful. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, and, and that way, yeah. Easy tips. Just, yeah. Oh, nice. That's a nice sharing. So, um, man, you see, you see a lot of people with headphones on. Um, I have a technique with a, you know, I often say to people, if you you have a glassed office and people walk by, and if you don't, if you're not on the phone, um, they think that, you know, knock knock and disturb you. Well, one of the tricks is actually to put your phone up, put it to your ear if you need five minutes. Just and turn your chair around, face face something. Whether you've got a window, but it's your back, and the and and then do that, and just go right. I'm going to do a breathing routine. You know, just yep. a couple of seconds. I love the hand routine that um, we can do. Um, mm. It's just super easy. Inhale, exhale five times on each finger. So you get all the way from the thumb down to the pinky, and it just you can just do it, and nobody needs to know. You can nobody needs to know. I you put your headphones on and do that here. No one's going to see you do that. Nice. No one sees you, and no one knows, and and no one knows if you're even listening to music or yeah, um, you know, a murder podcast or whatever. Um, <laughs> or listening to you, maybe Carrie. Maybe I, I think that's a good idea. Thank you, Phoebe. Yeah. I think yes, they all should listen to me. Your listen content's to, too me, good to, to listen to and work at the same time, though. We've got to. Phoebe, one of the other things I'm curious about, you know, you look back on your career and now what you're doing. I mean, hindsight's a pain in the butt. Is it, but is there something that you did or was doing and then realised that it was getting you nowhere and you've made a change? Um, is there something there that you, you'd like to share with us? Because I okay. think this goes, this goes to our self-awareness. and It really does. Um, and I, yeah. I worked at um, at one of the big four banks for a, a quite a while and, yeah. and rose quite quickly in, in positions there. And then I went out into the mortgage broking world and worked for a couple of large organisations in the mortgage broking world. And I had a, a regional manager's position at, at one of the mortgage brokers and it was a sales manager role and it was probably... Um, was so highly competitive yeah and your um your remuneration was based on where you landed in in the thing and I I'd started right at the bottom and I'd started as the only female that they'd ever had employed in that position so and this was in 2002 2003 <laughs> first, first female there I was whoa breaking yeah, <laughs> I was just a bit shocked at because surely by then. But anyway, and I had a small child, and I had um, I had this all-encompassing job that was paying me tons of money if I could make it up the the ladder. And I made it up the ladder and and did all of that sort of stuff. And I got to the end of it, and I'd been earning the good money probably for about eight or nine months. And I just thought I just don't want to do this anymore because. Yeah. 
it is taking away from every other thing in my life. And my whole life was about work and being at work and spending time with the people from work and not having really a lot, a great friendship group outside of work and everything was centred on that um, that thing. And it, it reminded me, and even the relationship I had was related to that, that that work and it reminded me that it's so important to have other things in your life because if you if everything's just revolving around that one thing it's very hard to then make the decision that this actually isn't doing my health or my well-being or I put on a lot of weight I was stressed all the time everything every every movement was meaningful I'd sit there on the last day of the month sort of counting my my stats and and forcing things through and and it was just high intensity all the time. Mm. I'd be, I'd have phone calls from my um, my team at like eight, nine, ten at night. I'd drop everything to talk to them. I wasn't spending any time with my daughter, and I and my partner just got sick of me and left. But um, just you know, and and all these things come crashing around you. But you think, no, no. But I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. I'm doing so well. And it's yeah. It, it becomes very unimportant and that's why I started my that's why I went out and started my own. Oh, thank you for thank, well thank you for sharing that because your story isn't um um is is unique to you, but there are a lot of uh women and men that I talk to who are just going, I just can't I can't do it. I was I was traveling mm. 263 days of the year. And only being home for two corporate jobs, or I was doing this, and the the toll on people is similar on and off a plane, into a new meeting, getting getting the results, doing the high sell, um, and then also and managing a team at the same time. And I think that's why we've had such an exodus of people who are now deciding, you know what, I don't you don't mind this. And now we're finding, Phoebe, I don't know about your team, that um, here I know a lot of lot of um, uh, businesses. And organisations are saying we can't, uh, people don't want to come back five days a week into into an office, travelling for one to two hours, you know, do having to work with, uh, closely with people who perhaps that their their um their relationship isn't isn't good, right? Or there's a great difference of opinion, um, not feeling as though they're being appreciated. So why should I come in, you know? Or someone or working for a team where the leader takes all the credit for the work of the team and not and not spread it out. So the leadership stuff is is very important here. And to me, it's like the leadership of your own well-being. We can we can we can move it into that. I completely agree with that. And I think that organize larger organizations really need to so um really need to catch up on the um on the need for flexible workplaces. Mm. And and I don't mean, you know, being beholden to your team all the time, but being in a position, so I've got two people in my team at the moment who've got five-year-olds. They've, they've just started school. Yeah. School um, starts and it's a half day for the first however many weeks and they've yeah. got one day a week off and all of this sort of stuff. And And to me, being flexible is saying, okay, well, how are we going to work around this? Because this isn't a shock to me. We've, we've been talking about this since November because we know it's going to happen in February. How are we going to work? What What's going to work best for you? What are your childcare arrangements? Who's going to pick, yeah. pick people up? What do we need to do to make sure that the work gets done 
and, and you're you enjoy. physically present with yeah. your child. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, an organisation like um, the the larger banks that I worked in when I was when I was there, I asked if I could shift change so that I could be on time to pick up my daughter from childcare, and the answer was no. No, and that was what it's a decade died. ago, a decade or more ago, probably twenty years ago. But twenty years, yeah, yeah, yes, a major just shift. Just no, just yeah. basically no. And you're like, why? What does it matter? Why does it matter that I work from nine thirty to six thirty? Because I was in the call centre when I first started in banking, instead of eight thirty to five thirty. Why does it? <laughs> it was just the way it was done. There was only what? one way, and it was. But I just, I, I just had the thought then. I went, oh, I bet when, when you're saying to the team, now how are we going to work around this? I bet there was some crazy ideas that came. Oh yeah, probably yeah, had yeah. a great, <laughs> but yeah, great laugh. But to me, it's the collective intelligence, right? Bring it in, mm. don't waste it. Use it to your advantage, and um, I think that's what what it is. And you want, you want your people you want your team to be able to manage their day-to-day -day, the surprises that come up the changes you've got to make I mean someone gets COVID in, in the family or someone's got a oh. really bad flu or you have a, you have a death um you know it's it, it impacts we're human yeah it and it really impacts when you've got a smaller team so my team's only six people and really really impacts yeah. that smaller team and one person being out is um, you know, everyone else has got to pick up the slack, but it's it really does impact. And I've got um, I've got such good people. I'm I'm so proud of them every day. I've got a couple of millennials working for me, and they are gold. They are they they just want to be involved in everything. And and one of one of my real drivers with with my team is okay. So here's here's a process that isn't working well. What are we going to do about it? Uh, what are you going to do about it? And they've got all the ideas in the world because they it gives they they own it. Yes. They own their space and they own their ideas and they own um and the action goes with Whereas yeah. my generation, we'd we'd walk into work and they'd say, oh, you know, this is the case, and you'd go, oh yeah, okay, fine, whatever. You just tell me what to do. I'll just do it. So they want. Well, I'm really pleased to hear that because you just mm. described one of the one of the techniques that you use um, around getting that collaborative thought or that collective thought and problem solving. What else do you you always um, use? Would if you listen to yourself during the day, would you hear yourself saying certain things to your team? Would you hear? I'm just thinking. You know, you just said how lucky I am. Our team is 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 really working. I'm very fortunate to have them. So, would you hear yourself actually acknowledging that during the day? I do actually. So, this has all come from during COVID. I had a, a very good staff member resign, um, and she was from the UK, and and she was very stressed, and there were a whole lot of indicators. But I was also very stressed, and I didn't pick up on her indicators. I didn't pick up that that this very valuable person to me wasn't performing and, and things weren't going right for her. And I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't, I was working really long hours during COVID and, and I was picking up a lot and I, it, it came out as anger one day toward her. And, and I, um and I deeply regret that now, obviously deeply regretted it at the time, but it made me really notice the value that, that in a stressful situation, as a leader, I became very autocratic. 
I, I became very, we're doing it this way. This is what we're doing. Um, where, you know, this is your job. This is your job. This is your job. Come and report back to me. Um, mm. And, you know, they were all going for walks and doing nice things and we we're playing games and all that sort of stuff. But, but my leadership became in, in that very troubled time in, in mm. when we'd been in lockdown, I think by then for about eight months in Melbourne, and, and our lockdown was hard. We weren't allowed out. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I became very autocratic. And it's something that I learned so much from about myself as well as um, how just it was just the wrong thing to do. But mm-hmm. do you understand why? We don't always why? behave perfectly in a crisis. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it really taught me so much about how, how to – make sure that everyone around me was feeling their worth yeah and that when there was a coaching issue or when something was going wrong that the conversation doesn't need to be a why haven't you done this it needs to be a what's going on for you at the moment Mm. and i've really consciously changed that um, but the other thing that I've I've also consciously changed is when someone isn't actually working out as part of the team, um, I will fire them quite quickly rather than keep them going. Okay. Yeah. So I won't. So I won't have, dis- I won't have someone that's mm. not working for a long period of time. But I won't. Yeah. I won't. If someone's yeah. not going to work out, they just gone. Yeah. And that's that's very authentic, isn't it? Mm. So, so it's a way of um, blending the the empathy with 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 leadership and expectation around your role. And yeah. you know that's that's a really interesting situation because there's many organisations who and businesses where um, the emotional side of the relationship sometimes affects how you're going to go about saying to someone. Um, you have a role, the results aren't there at the moment or, you know, through lots and lots of uh, time and support, there's been no change to this. So is this the best place for you? How are you feeling in this mm. about your contribution here? What What's going yeah. on? And so that what's going on for you is, is really, and your team would know that you are earnest, that you are mm. sincere and earnest and always interested in their um, their well-being. Yeah, it's a business. It's a business. So it's um, yeah, it's it's like our families. We we let things ride for a while, and then we actually have to go right. It's not quite right. Yeah. I've, I've watched a, a, a behavior. So mm. I I love the notion that you've got a coaching way of working with your team. That's that's um that's a plus. And um, mm. I don't know if you've ever heard of the work of Michael Bungay Stainer. Oh my God, I love him. <laughs> I got to meet him last year when he was in Sydney. Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, he, I must say, Michael, if you're listening, um, I'm going to give a shout out to you. One of the first guests I had on the podcast was him. He said yes. Of course. For some reason he Why said not? yes. And he's, and then we worked out, as we were talking, we worked out that we only, we grew up near each other, only 90 k's away. He oh. was in Canberra and I was in Coober. I said to him one day, oh, you what? You went to ANU and you did this and that. And he goes, and I said, what? I'm a Cooper girl. He said, what? <laughs> so I got to, I got to, got this big bear hug from him and um, he, he was oh. brilliant. But everyone I work with, his um, coaching habit, 
and mm. the ice trap. And now mm -hmm. his, his latest book, well, he's, there's another one coming, but um, Just Begin. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one yeah, yet, yeah. but I'm I'm actually re-looking at the coaching habit at the moment because I, I need it. I need it as a constant source. You know how there's some yeah. books that you have that are your constant source of inspiration. So that and Atomic Habits are two of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And I I have to keep going back to it because if you don't keep going back to it, you unlearn stuff. Yes. Yeah. And you start doing the um, the advice instead oh. of the coaching and then then you don't get the best out of people you really don't and look I just love the fact that he says you know it doesn't have to take an hour so mm. I work a lot in education as well and they don't have now they actually have lost a lot of a lot of access to casual teachers like there's a there's a whole major change so you're lucky if schools have got five casuals they can rely on for face-to-face Positions still haven't been filled this year. There's a massive. So it's not just because of COVID, but COVID mm. accelerated what, what's happening. But I'm an advocate for what he what he's done, and I think he's absolutely brilliant. Plus, he's got a great sense of humour, wicked sense of humour, a brain that must be really hard to live with, holy dooly. Mm. And so when, when I look at him, I think how many others in the team or the people that you work with are like? So our... You know that's why I love the the coaching way of doing things because you can do it. You can coach yourself. You can actually use yeah. the coach to it, yeah. And you can then apply it to others. And I've had people say, Are "You coaching me?" And I go, "No, I just asked you a question." <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> anyway, maybe what else is there that um, if I said to you, you know, for the next year? Um, is there something you're putting in place that's a change to what you're already doing or is there some advice you'd like to share um, that's based on the work, the reason that, you, you know, you're passionate about what you do? It's, I think it's, it's absolutely brilliant. But is there something you'd love to share with us? Okay, so what um, what we're starting to do is, is a lot more coaching around money. So we're putting together small group trainings and um, and individual one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions. We're very much speaking to, to female entrepreneurs. But the other thing that we're doing is approaching organisations and particularly not-for-profits to give our time to help the highest growing number of homeless people is women in their 50s. And they're not homeless on the street homeless. They're homeless living in their children's spare room or their homeless moving in to stay at a friend's place or house sit or do something like that. This is this is affecting women, you know, of all yep. low and, and medium socioeconomic backgrounds. It's it's a frightening um, statistic. So we would like to stop that, nip that in the bud um, before it gets too far. So we're going out and talking to very we want we're going out and talking to various organisations about, you know, donating time and, and effort and energy into helping people get it, get past, get get around that. Um, seeing the signs, particularly for when when you're in banking, it's really easy to see signs of, yeah. of how people are spending their money and what they're doing with their money and having those sort of conversations about women that are financially stressed or financially um, stretched and how to kind of bring that back down and bring it in without a massive change to their lifestyle, which is a lot about 
what the book is about. It's about, you know, putting yourself first and showing up for yourself so that you can show up for other people. Because I think as we get, um, as we have a family and then we have to care for our parents and yeah. and elderly parents, we, we tend to give a lot. And that mm-hmm. um, also translates financially. So we tend to give a lot financially without necessarily looking after ourselves. And it's just finding that balance of being able to look after ourselves because unless we look after ourselves, we're not really capable of looking after anyone else. And we can very quickly slide into, you know, all it takes is is a divorce or a bad investment yeah. decision or a, um, you know, I, I saw lots of people in the, uh, when I first started in mortgage broking, it was less than 10% of people came to a mortgage broker now it's like around 80 percent um but back then mortgage broking was quite new and and a lot of people would come to us because their son or daughter wanted to start a business and, and borrow a hundred or two hundred thousand yeah. against their property and that was so common as a thing and i and i remember the first time it happened to me and i'm just like your son's 19 he's driving a Porsche and he reckons he's going to start a business he's not going to start a business mate He's just—he's not. He just wants to fund his Chapel Street lifestyle. Trust me, <laughs> nothing's happening here. There's probably another book in you about, the, you know, what you know, confessions, confessions of yeah, mm. of, of borrowers but, and and what's happened. I, you know, it's not the right title, but I, you know, I know what you mean. But yeah, the um, yeah. So I saw a lot of that, and I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't do those sort of loans because I didn't actually believe that the kids were ever going to pay it off. But yeah. um, yeah, you, you sort of sort of see these things, and then then ten years later, you see that that same couple on a current affair going, well, I don't know, my house got taken away from me because I couldn't pay back a loan, but you know, I did the best thing for my son, who's now vanished with his portion. I know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we'll still make and we'll still make a claim on the estate once they're gone. Um, anyway, on that note, <laughs> but oh, yeah, so, so that's... that is that is fantastic. So we we should have a chat about that because there might be something I could um, contribute to that as well. I would um, love I, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you very much. Um, the I think that's that's huge. That's really future focused. Um, that's audacious. That's really mm. gutsy stuff, full of grit and gumption, you know, all those yeah. all those great words. And I think that describes a whole lot of the guests that I have on Thriving Matters podcast. You know, is there something now that we shouldn't have talked about today? Is there one more, is there something on your mind that you really think works in with this notion of, you know, giving life, life isn't easy, thriving isn't easy in that note, you know, everyone thinks it's glamorous. Well, it's not. Um, there are days when you don't feel like doing anything. And you go, I know they're the days I say to myself, how are you going to feel when you complete those? Well, you're going to feel a whole lot better, Carrie. So get on and do it. But there's days when you just have to be a little bit kinder to yourself. Um, I think I think gratitude, which you did speak about, um, being grateful for what we have. I think um, the, the fear and the shame that's associated with not being good with money is easily... I can't tell you how easily fit by just reading, read my book, read The Barefoot Investor, yeah. listen to um, the the very brave, uh, Victoria Divine on, on She's on the Money is, she. it's just her and a, a few friends and they just talk about different investment types and yeah. and they just have a chat about it. They don't know about it. They, they don't pretend to know about it. Um, you know, 
she's a she's a qualified financial planner but there's there's all those things that are going on mm. where you can get so much information and then they're, they're not a hard read I didn't understand that <laughs> thanks Siri <laughs> didn't understand that I think that's quite apt at the time that's that is so true there, there's mm. three good resources there for us mm. your, your book number one Barefoot Investor number two and, and another podcast. And it's often demystifying by having the conversations. You know, all of us learn from each other. So, mm. I mean, um, I love the fact that you've talked today about what I would call some emotionally intelligent strategies that work for yourself and your team that have come out of your experience, your observations, and your real heartfelt passion for for supporting others in your field of expertise mm. So, mm. I mean I think that's I've had a lovely conversation um thank you Phoebe and look listeners if you have really enjoyed this today um in the notes for the show notes I'll, I'll put all Phoebe's details but you know what if you're right on interested right now you can very easily um, check Phoebe out on LinkedIn. So that's a, a big profile that she has there. But she has um, a Facebook page that's Clover Financial Solutions Facebook page. And, of course, her website, cloverfinancial.com.au. Mm -hmm. So if that's helpful, but I'll put that in the, in the, in the notes yeah. as well for everybody. And, you know, Phoebe, I always say to people, look, you're precious. Your thriving matters. So let's connect and share the wisdom and just pr provide that bit of a ripple effect together. We all work together. We're all different, but we all can come together and contribute. Yeah. And it's it's a far more generous way of, of, of being together and not competitive against each other, but for each other. And I yeah. think that's so I, a big shout out to you and what you've, you've talked to us today. Thanks for the early morning <laughs> recording. That was amazing. Great. I'm just great. so pleased. That was really great. Thanks <laughs> well, so much, Carrie. Thanks, thanks for listening. Um, if you if you really enjoyed what we talked about today, don't forget to subscribe, um, and because then then you won't miss out on our great guests, just like Phoebe today. Um, also, if you've got family members, friends who you think might enjoy this, just just share it with them. Give us a little bit of love. Everybody likes a little little bit of love. So our next episode. We're, we're cracking on. We're going. We're into the hundreds of episodes um, now. So it, our next Congratulations. up on Podbean will be our hundreds. So really excited about that. So Phoebe, best wishes to you. Very grateful for Thank for you. having you on today, and uh, we'll talk some more. Excellent. Thank <laughs> you. Bye for now. <laughs> I'm Carrie Benedet, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. <laughs>